Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker Podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, I wish everybody could see... How are you? ...the look of disappointment on your face. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew. So Everett doesn't usually mute us when the music is playing in our intro, and today... I wanted a sip of beer, and I've been looking at sealed beers on the desk. Right as soon as the music hits, I cracked it open, but I didn't hear it in my headphones, and I looked at the board, and Everett did the Kabi Lam, two hands to the board, you fucked it up. And so I have an open beer for those of you at home counting. I have one, was very disappointed. Uh, it's a cryo stash, so I'm not disappointed that I'm enjoying it. Cryo stash, my jam. I'm just disappointed that you didn't get to hear me begin enjoying it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you sometimes you get a little squirrely in the in the intro music. So I do, yeah, I you, do. That is that is my jam. You, you occasionally get a little. Squirrely. I get a little squirrely in the intro and the outro. I sort of try to make you break during the outro, and yeah, during the yeah, intro, yeah. I'm a I'm a bit of a loose cannon. Topo yeah. Topo Chico Seltzer. Yeah. It's legit. It's Dude, got like a little bit of a... It's got that Toco Chico minerally flavor. Which almost, almost a little like vanilla. Yeah. 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 I dig it, dude. This is good. That'd be super good with ice and gin or tequila. Yeah. It'd be a good, just a good liquor mixer. Uh, I mean, I so I bought those for my wife because she's attempting keto again. Yeah. And... um, Good for her. I saw them and I was like, who doesn't like Topo Chico? Also, who doesn't like seltzer? Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't I combine those flavors? And I opened one, and I was like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, it's good. This could replace beer for the summer. It won't, but it could. Yeah, it's good. You, you know, uh, besides the sort of stigma of drinking seltzer, uh, I will say it, it's not as satisfying as beer. I really uh, enjoy beer. Yeah, I do too. And I, I think, like, for me, Drinking beer is just kind of like a thing, right? I drink beer. I love yeah. beer. <clears throat> if non-alcoholic beer tasted any good, I would transition to non-alcoholic beer. Mm. But if I'm feeling like boozing, I'm totally good with seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm if I'm drinking for the purpose of getting tipsy. Yeah. Seltzer's good. Yeah. It'll get me there. Slower, which means I can go longer right. without getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. I get weird. Yeah, Andrew, how are you? I'm good. My voice is coming back. It is slowly but surely. My cough is almost gone. And how about the how about your uh, your your body? How are you uh, feeling? Uh, my body feels pretty good. I still get tired. I can still feel kind of like I'm breathing through a straw, but now it's like a a bubble tea straw, <laughs> as opposed to like, a boba straw. Yeah, and, instead of like a cocktail mixing straw. Yeah. So you know we're improving the airway. Uh, still get out of breath. You know, still get tired, but I think that's just from old age. Uh, my baldness is not coming back. Um, so I can now blame it on COVID. Uh, what else? Yeah, generally good. You know, back to work fully and feeling okay. Like, well, I mean, feeling generally okay. Yeah. I, f- I feel about like a like a mild hangover all the time. Mm-hmm. That's a that's the best thing I can equate it to. Sure, a little hungover, little slow, but generally good. Yeah. Yeah, like like a solid working man midweek hangover. Yeah, yeah, like going to work Monday morning after getting a little little accidentally turned on Sunday. 
Well, good. That's not a terrible place to be. No, no. I was a pro at that while I was in the army. So, I mean, you know, here does, we are. Does it fluctuate throughout the day just by by way of your body's steroid levels? and? Uh, yeah, and it's hard because I swap sleep cycles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, during my work week, when I get home, I start to really, like, I fall off a cliff mm-hmm. when I'm done for the day. And during my normal week, during my normal sleep cycle, when I sleep like a normal people at night, uh, right before bed, my cough comes back a little bit and... I, I go off the cliff. So sure. I think it's just fatigue, right? Like your body, when it's out of juice, it's out of juice. And my body tells me in a really, really dramatic fashion when I'm out of juice. Right. <laughs> uh, so a few, a few comments <coughs> from uh, last week's episode. One in particular, I, I think actually the only Q and a comment that we got that was sort of like, you guys screwed this up, which is normal for us. So yeah, and we only got one. So I think that's a, an improvement. I think the only notable one was that the ADPT strap sucks. Oh, does it? Well, well no, I love it. But it, there were like 10 people that wrote us specially to say the ADPT strap blows. And, and and furthermore, it was a topic in the Patreon Discord that actually, no, the ADPT strap sucks. So apparently the ADPT or ADAPT strap is unpopular i love it i love Hmm. it yeah i mean it's right here you can check it out yeah give me your thoughts on it i think it's great i think it's sturdy i think it's tough i don't find it uncomfortable although it's not uh, a soft strap you know what i i think people who think this sucks are really accustomed to super soft supple nylon Mm pass-throughs and this is a this is a tool strap that that's that's right this this works perfectly on your Swiss Army 7750 mm-hmm. because it's rugged. Yeah, it ge- it gives the watch a little bit more of a that military vibe too, which I think is the intent of that watch. Man, this would be good on the Boulder Venture. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean I love it. I I really do enjoy that strap a lot. So and and, and that's not because I'm. I mean I don't have any reason to like it other than my own personal preference so well, and they're a sponsor of the show so that's right <laughs> uh, they pay us to um, say we like it but i mean the hardware is just i mean it's it's not an exceptional strap it's a good strap though it's certainly good enough what are these like what 30 bucks 40 bucks ish yeah 35 yeah. uh and made in the usa yeah no i don't if, if you're, I, I love it if you're hating on this i think it's just because you want a more comfortable strap yeah yeah it, it, it's certainly not a comfy strap um well, yeah. it's also not an uncomfy strap it's just, it's a utility strap. That's right. What I want to say, it's not a comfy strap. It's not like a pajama strap or something. Yeah, yeah but it's no manky. That's right. Uh, so, what, what is the strap that you have? What is this ooh. flared leather? The Oh, the Vario strap. Yeah, so that I have, uh, you saw some pictures of it. And, and for some, we haven't talked about it. And I'm trying to think of, whatever, I had COVID. So you did, a lot of things happened. Did have COVID. And I didn't keep track of things that came in. So, um we're finally going to talk about it briefly because it's it's a watch that's sitting in front of us. You've seen pictures of it on the Instagram. So from uh, Vario, uh, V-A-R-I-O, I'm going to pull up their Instagram handle real quick so you know where to find them. Um, so just It's, it's so- Vario every day. And they do a, a large variety of straps. Some I really don't like because they're just not for me. Um, but this one is their fitted leather strap for the 
Casio World Timer. Did they make this strap specifically for the World Timer? Yes. Ah, I was, I was just, actually just going to say, it <clears throat> fits this World Timer as if it were made for it. It is made for the World Timer. But comes it is in, quite literally made for the World comes Timer. comes in four colors. It's very stiff leather, and I haven't worn it enough to see what that break-in feel or mm-hmm. period looks like or how it feels once it's broken in. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> Interestingly enough, the tolerances on the strap are tighter than the tolerances on the watch production. So it was a little bit of a pain in the ass to get it, to get the quick release seated. Oh yeah, sure. In the watch. Uh, it, and it I, is a, it is a, it, this is a thick strap. I mean, this is one of the thickest leather straps I've ever handled. It's like, a, it's robust. Yeah. It's like a Panerai strap. Yeah. But I like it. It's a touch long for my wrist size. Um, but just a touch, like maybe an eighth of an inch longer than I would like. But when you're selling single length straps, mm-hmm. it great it creates great versatility. So about any wrist size, any standard type person who's in the medium sized human range will be able to wear this strap. It, it Sorry, looks, Debbie, I don't know if it'll be for you. <laughs> it might be a little, it might be um, a touch big for Debbie. But it looks good. The four colorways are all money. I have the cinnamon is what they call it. Mm-hmm. It is killer because i love that watch on leather yeah and that that strap is literally made for that watch and it looks great it's killer no i dig the shit out of it yeah i dig it i'm gonna wear this so vario every day at vario every day on the instagram uh you can get um also we're required to say this before contractual obligations thank you vario for sponsoring us yeah that's that's a joke, you guys. Yeah, by the way, we don't not, have a sponsor. But we're, we're not sponsored by anyone but you, the people. You, the people. Um, they do. Uh, hang on, gosh, I I wasn't planning on talking about this. So, um, no, this is great. It's it's a super high quality strap. Uh, the stitching is good. It, it's clearly machine stitched, which my that doesn't bother me. Tracks. Uh, Vario V A R I O dot S G is their website. Um. And they've got it all. They've got watch straps. They've got a couple of watches that are available. Um, I, I would like to see some of them in person, um, but they were recommended um, by Mike. And since I have a world timer, he said, hey, give it a try. And I gave it a try. And it turns out I really like. Yeah, it's dope. And So pricing, that's one we should talk about. Um, you can find it yourself. But I can also find it for you real quick. And it is twenty eight US dollars. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. It's a high quality leather. It doesn't. It seems like it's veg tan. So actually, six colorways. We've got a oiled leather cinnamon. That's what I have. Uh, there's a graphite, a Prussian blue, kind of in that gray scale of blue, uh, pecan brown. I don't actually say pecan that way, but. Um, uh, Merlot red and moss green and cinnamon's kind of my style. I, I, I struggle to really go outside of the world of, um, black and brown and gray straps. Yeah. I have a blue strap inbound and we'll see how that plays. It's yeah. good. I dig it, man. Yeah. So I apologize for taking so long to talk about this, but, uh, check it out if you have a world timer and, uh, you like it on leather as much as I do. Andrew, check it out. Can you tell me what a world timer is? It's a watch. It's, a, it's an inexpensive watch that uh, looks very similar to a Seiko worn by James Bond. 
And Casio now makes them. And James Bond wears them, probably. I'm sure he does. Uh, they have a 10-year battery, illuminator, and they're a rapid adjust GMT watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and the reason I ask is because I think it segues nicely segue? yeah. into our topic today. Uh, well, two things. One, I don't think you've given me a proper explanation of what a world timer is, but that's okay because we will get to it because our topic today is something to the tune of. We, we, the fuck is on your dial? What is this on my watch dial? We, we usually don't make the name of the, of the episode until... Until you're editing. Yeah. Until I'm editing. Uh, but it, it's something to the extent of what, what is that on my watch dial? Um, that seems a little long. We'll talk to Will. Uh, <laughs> the fuck is that? D A F U Q I S D A T. The fuck is that? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're talking about <coughs> various watch things that might or may or may not be on your watch dial. What is this thing? And it's unlike our complications episode, but related. A first cousin, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I, I think what we are talking about today are complications, um, but we're going to get a little bit more, a little bit more nitty gritty than that. A little bit more nitty gritty. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. As opposed to general complications, generally, i.e., chronograph. GMT. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about more specifically, what am I looking at when I look at this thing? Um, because, as you may or may not know, Andrew does know, but I mean you at home, the chronograph, for instance, does not describe one specific thing, but rather a family of things. A very large and very diverse family. So, in, in this topic, originally... Uh, came about as we were discussing, you know, the different subdial layouts, mm -hmm. right? There, there are different types of subdials. There are different layouts of subdials. Um, different movements affect what subdials you can and can't and must have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as we were discussing that, it occurred to us, well, there's maybe some other stuff that we could throw into the mix here too. So, yeah. and to give you a peek behind the curtain. Of the watch world shrouded in mystery of weird words that don't make sense that when Googled don't lead you to the answer you were hoping for. Because you can't pronounce the word, which means you can't spell it. <laughs> that's the thread. How do you, how, for instance, do you pronounce? Retropont. Oh, very interesting. Retropont. I think it's retropont. Retropont. You need more guttural sounds in there and you know what you're not don't google retropon google split seconds that's gonna get you there yeah and better because i'm right. not gonna tell you how to how to spell oh you you want me to do it again yeah, player again you, i'm not gonna tell you how to spell retrapant. This. yeah <clears throat> sorry retrapant. well w w while we're on the topic retropont is derived from the word retropper which I'm pronouncing wrong because it's Retrape. a French word. Retrape. Ooh. Which is... Ooh, I got a little warm under the collar when you said that. 
French for French. it's the infinitive conjugation of what's that mean? To catch up. To catch up. Retropar is to catch up. And as Andrew pointed out, the the common English for that is a split seconds, a split seconds chronograph. So can you tell me, Andrew, what a split seconds chronograph is? So first of all, it's an obtainium for those of us who are normal people in the world. <laughs> for us common for yeah. For us common uh coach coach flying motherfuckers. Yeah. Even if you're a business class flying motherfucker, you're probably not gonna get into split second world. Now, split second is fascinating. It's a fucking awesome movement. It's super cool because it's on obtainium, but also cool because it I think is the most functional chronograph available chronograph movement available the only way you're ever going to be able to achieve that functionality or surpass that functionality is with a digital stopwatch stopwatch a split second is a i'm going to use a standard chronograph as something that tracks minutes and seconds that's not a reasonable definition, but for the explanation of a split-second chronograph, that's what I'm going to go with. Your split-second chronograph this is going to be crazy. has two live timing hands, which track seconds. So both initiated at the same time. Yep. Boom. You, you actuate your pusher. Your, and, your standard two o'clock, three o'clock pusher, whatever, or two, you know, one, one, one thirty, two o'clock pusher. Yeah, one yep. and four, take your pick. Your, your actual, your, your start button, we'll call it. And they both run. They're in a race. There's an extra pusher on these. Typically at 10 o'clock. Yep. An extra pusher on these to affect one of your second hands. Usually the top one. Usually, yeah, usually the top one. I wonder why. It's got to have something to do with the the column. The yeah. column, yeah. Oh, because if it's at the ten, they can stack it on top of it. So that makes sense. It can be the last. Anyway, um, at the ten o'clock ish, depending on you know on your manufacturer, you can stop that seconds hand, and your f- second dual second hand will continue running. Keeps going. Keep running. This is kind of a lap functionality. But wait, there's more. When you actuate that second hand again, your stopped hand catches up. To catch up. Snaps back. Right up in line with the second seconds hand that was running the entire time. And then on reset of your chronograph, they, they will reset. I don't know if they're all snapped to. You know, catch up, or I, if they just—I'm not sure either. I've never seen one of these in action. Never seen one in person. Probably won't. Uh, should I though? We we will test this theory and we'll get a video of it. And and, and these are useful. I, I mean, if it's not if it's not abundantly obvious, these are useful for keeping the time going while also uh, catching something in uh, action. So as as it were, a split. Mm-hmm. Right. If you were swimming or in a race, it would be your split. So you could quickly. Press that 10 o'clock pusher, look down and say, oh, okay, that lap was done in 68 seconds. Press it again, and your time keeps 
your time keeps going. Your elapsed time mm-hmm. keeps going. Now, obviously, this is not quite as functional as a split timer on an Iron Man watch or something. No. Um, Which is why I say you got to go lap. You got to go full digital to beat this functionality. That, that's right. And, and it's also not super functional for things that occur um, apart. But if if you're precise and these things are happening far enough apart, you can get splits. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're, for instance, recording two people or three or even four finishing a race more than say you know a a few seconds apart right long enough to be able to get the time you could track all those times now Mm -hmm. if they're finishing boom 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 that's not going to be that's not going to be practical and also if hours are elapsing between things like you you can't use this to time you know your turkey in one oven and your stuffing in the next that's right don't do that that's right (laughs) i mean maybe both will end poorly That's that's right. So that is our split seconds, or uh, oh, oh, hey, retropod. Hey, oh yeah, I, it's gone. It's retropod. Retropod. That's our split seconds, and and that's that's kind of a, an elusive, I think, and I think unobtainium is the right way to think about it. Uh, watch complication. Most of us will never own one, and if you do own one, you're certainly not going to send it to us to see because. USPS insurance is not great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, don't put that in USPS. Maybe DHL it. That's safer. Oh, okay. So so next up, next up, I think it's a good time to move on. Um, what do we got next? A flyback. Ooh, yeah. Which it's is a term that I use. Sticking, so. sticking with fun uh, chronograph functions. A flyback. A flyback is I think that this word gets misused. I think this word gets misused. A flyback chronograph is a chronograph where you can resume the time that the chronograph is keeping literally on the fly. In motion, the chronograph is running. You press your reset button at 4 o'clock, as it were, or wherever it is. And instead of having to stop and reset it will resume itself in a in a split second fashion back to 12 and just keep going it resets the chronograph without you having to stop and start so particularly useful in military applications um racing pardon me or in racing or in racing absolutely it flies back it does not just mean um, that does not just mean the speed at which it gets back to 12. Rather, it means it will go back to 12 while running. So in, in a standard chronograph, a, a regular chronograph, a pedestrian chronograph, like my Speedmaster Pro, for instance, the actuation of the hammers on the cams, that, that would injure the movement, right? It's got to deactivate. You've got to have a cl- some sort of clutch engaged to reset that thing, or mm-hmm. or it'll damage it. The flyback introduces a a, a special cam, some sort mm-hmm. of cam, an automatic transmission, if you will. Yeah, that's right. To reset. So flyback means while it's running, you can get it back to so zero. So what's it called if it just snaps back to zero? I, I don't know. A VK sixty four. Just yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because uh, so flyback is often used to describe the motion 
to return to the 12 o'clock position for your timing seconds hand. So on a VK64, as in the SSB031, you're running it, you hit your reset, your, your four o'clock pusher, it snaps to 12. It doesn't spin, it doesn't tick, it just... Yeah, that's right. Makes that sound right back to 12. As opposed to, say, with a quartz chronograph where it... Around to the reset position. So staying on this theme, staying on this theme, and a little bit of out of order on our list, that's okay, because nobody else can see the list. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about a tachometer. Yes. Or a tachymetra, if you're in the UK, for instance. I don't think that's how they say it. I think that's just how they spell it, because they spell Ta- things no, weird. No, it's pronounced tachymetra. Tachymeter. Metery. Tachym- Tachymetry. Yeah. Ooh, uh, tachymetry. It sounds like it could be dinosaur. <laughs> so a tachymeter... A tachymeter is simply, simply a way to measure an increment of something and to extrapolate that measurement in a per hour fashion. So the, mm-hmm. the numbers on a tachymeter scale are, uh, well, so there are 3,600 seconds in an hour. It's a buttload of seconds. 3,600 seconds in an hour. It's how many mils are in a circle meter. And a tachymeter scale is based on a division of that 3,600 or a multiple of that 3,600. Many people know that you can use a tachymeter scale to measure your miles per hour. And I remember at one point thinking, well, does this work for kilometers? I know it works for miles, but it doesn't make sense that this Swiss watch that's sold worldwide would be, you know, I guess my point is it was unclear to me how it worked. And understanding how simple the scale is was really an interesting thing. It surprised me because it seems like there must be some voodoo happening. There's just not. It is simple, simple math. So No, it, it can't be for kilometers an hour. It, it can be, and it is. It will measure any interval of anything, any interval of anything, and tell you how many times per hour you do it. But here's the thing. On my tachymeter scale... Yes, sir. 60 is at the 12 o'clock position. That's right. And so if you are going 60 miles per hour... It takes me one minute. It will take you exactly one minute. Also true... If you are going 60 kilometers per hour, it will take you No, but this applies minute. only to 60 kilometers an hour. <laughs> also true if you are going 60 feet per hour. Also true if you are, I don't know, knitting, no. knitting no. 60 scarves per hour, which if you are doing oh, that... Oh, you got to go into business. Fantastic. Uh, all it does is give you for anything for anything less than a minute, the scale will tell you quickly how many intervals of that thing happen per hour. No. And furthermore, you can reverse engineer if you know how fast you're going, you can use that scale to tell you when you've gotten to the distance you want. So if you know you're going 60 miles per hour, I know I'm going exactly 60 miles per hour, or say, for instance, you are going 75 
miles per hour, then you know when 43 seconds have elapsed and the second hand is lining up with the 75, you've gone a mile or a kilometer or whatever whatever your increment is. Very, very useful. Probably underutilized. But you can use it for anything. It doesn't have to be distance. It can be any interval that's relatively regular. I use it um, whenever I do long drives. I always bring my SSB to test my speedometer. To test your speedometer, yeah. 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 You, you know, It's accurate. Uh, another interesting thing is if, for instance, the interval of your thing takes longer than a minute, you can get the measurement. Double it. You, you don't double it. You double both things. Yep. You, you divide both things by two. So it's, gonna, oh, yeah. it's going to take you 75 or say 80 seconds. It's going to take you 80 seconds. Then what you do is at the end of 80 seconds, you'll be at, uh, well, it doesn't matter. You just divide that by two and it'll take you to 40 seconds. And you know, oh, I'm going 90 seconds per mile. No, no. Now divide the number on the scale by two. You are going 45 miles per hour. Okay. Uh, that's a little bit more advanced. You've got to divide two things in half. Um, but it works. This it is totally our works. most sound effect heavy episode. Yeah. Well, I'm including the episodes where we have just tried the board. <laughs> okay. Can we talk really quick about a number, another, uh, a, a couple yeah, more yeah, yeah. scales? So, so, for instance, a telemeter scale. Do you know what a telemeter scale is? Does it measure telemetry? Uh, so, m- much rarer than a tachymeter. A telemeter enables you to just your distance from an event or phenomenon that is both visible and audible. The most common here would be the center of a lightning storm. Ooh. Yeah, so... I it, want one. It is a scale that will allow you to measure how far away something From is. sight to sound. Oh, I want one. That's right. Who makes one? Uh, they're rare. They're rare. Um, Are they unobtainium e- rare? E- eh, maybe not quite unobtainium, but, but certainly rare. Uh, so, so when you see the flash of lightning, you start the chronograph. When you hear the rumble of thunder, you stop. The chronograph hand will be pointing at your distance. By the way, thank you, Time and Tide. Uh, the chronograph hand will be pointing at your distance from the storm in either miles or kilometers, depending on the watch. Oh, I want. The gradations on the dial are based on the understanding that sound travels at this at, at fixed 3.4 rate, right? yeah. meters uh, per second. <sighs> Pretty cool, huh? That might be the coolest thing we've talked about, including spa- time travel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course... The, the third most common, I think, the pulsometer scale. This is maybe yeah. a slightly more common than a telemeter scale. I think it's significantly more common. Very unusual, but but popular with doctors because it's practically uh, a necessary function uh, for measuring heartbeat, pulse. It will easily count how many heartbeats there are in a minute. Um, works similar to a tachymeter. Um, it's a, it's a bit less, uh, it's a bit less, I think, mathematical in the way it works. Um, but, but pretty significant too, I think, if you want that sort of thing. Yeah. So you take the heartbeat, uh, you, to take the heartbeat, you start it, 
you count the beats until the number you reach, until you reach the number for which the scale is calibrated. So it's usually 15 or 30. Then check the chronograph hand and you'll be able to tell the heart rate. So you count 15 beats, you click it, and it'll tell you what the heart rate is. Which is, yeah, way easier than like feeling and then counting to six and also like looking at your watch or counting. It doesn't. Yeah, I think functionally it's the same thing, but it's, it's, it's just, easier. It, it, it just does the work for you. Yeah, I want that. I need things to do the work for me. Right. <laughs> I need a slide rule alarm clock. So those are your tachometers, your telemeters, and your pulse meters. And, and yeah, so those are our like kind of oddity chronograph subdials. What we've also got is usually tenths of a second, minutes, hours. In some cases, we've got a running seconds. Sometimes we've got a 24-hour scale, which really bums me out. It's really common in mecha quartz to have a have mm-hmm. a I mean a 24-hour subdial. Like, can't you do something else? Right. <laughs> what do I need this for? Just just get rid of it. I like two dial, two subdial chronographs anyway. Um <clears throat> oh, aka bicompacts. Yes. I, that was my segue. I'm sorry I stole your segue. Fucker. Bicompacts. And I think I I am I'm even gonna make an argument that mecha quartz that have just a 24 hour subdial are really bicompacts. Practically speaking. Practically bi-compacts. speaking, they're bicompacts. When design-wise, they're tricompacts. The compacts is a reference to the number of subdials displayed and utilized by the watch. I'm not going to disagree with you yet, but I will eventually. Keep going. That, that's my explanation. That's the difference. There's there's some movement differences, some important differences in the movement, how it they're used. Oftentimes, in a tricompacts, you're going to get a 24-hour movement or a 24-hour indicator. Often, yes. Or a date or, or some kind of like kind of a cop-out. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's right. I think that's right. And, 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 you know, for instance, on the Speedmaster, it's a 12. It's a 12-hour, right? Yeah. Um, you, you've got, well, well controversially... The Speedmaster Pro, you've got running seconds in the left subdial, minutes in the right subdial, and then hours, a 12-hour on your 6 o'clock, and, and then the reduced, the, the 3 and 6 are reversed. Um, but, but okay, so we've got bicompacts and tricompacts. Most bicompacts, you've got 3 and 9, or 9 and 3, I guess, as it were. And in yeah. most tri-compacts, you're looking at a... 369. 369. Um, with that said, I think these are all bastardizations because the term tri-compacts actually originates with Universal Genève. Genevieve. Genève. Uh, Universal Genève. We have an anchor, a news anchor locally, whose name is spelled Genevieve, and says her name, Genevieve. Jean, Continue. Jean Vieve. Uh, in, I think, 1936, uh, Universal Geneve introduces their Tricompax watch. Tricompax not referring to the 369 chronograph, but to the three complications, which was a calendar, 
I believe they were annual calendars, and a moon phase, both appearing at 12, and then a chronograph with your standard three register chronograph at three, six, and nine. So the tricompex refers not to the subdial layout, but to the amount of complications in the watch. And it is really, really a wonderful marvel of watchmaking. So it feels a little, having learned today this history, I feel a little chagrin to be calling these 369 chronographs tricompacts because they are not meaningfully a tricompacts watch. Although that is colloquially accepted as the tricompacts layout. We do a lot of terrible things in the watch world now. <laughs> that shit all over the giants that got us to where we are. Fossil. <laughs> Continue. Well, that's it. So when we talk about a tricompax layout, really, you'll make me happy if you think about it this way from here on out. Really, we're talking about the layout that was used in the famous Universal Geneve Tricompax 3 complication watch. As opposed to the three registers at 369. Since we're there, can we talk about a moon phase? Yeah, please. I don't like moon phases. Yeah, because they're dumb? Well, yeah. They're gorgeous. They can be gorgeous. They can be. They're often not. They're... They're not for me. (laughs) And they're, I think, overdone by people who shouldn't be doing them. That being said, a moon phase is... Andrew, what is a moon phase? A 29 and a half day phase. Ish. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's <clears throat> pretty accurate. Once it's set, it aligns with the moon Clear sky is available as it would be seen, but on your watch. It's a lunar calendar without the months, but it's a representation of the phase of the moon as it should be, should you could see the moon. New quarter, half full. All the way, and it's it's usually on a wheel, so it rotates around to be visible the way that it should be visible. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's should be beautiful. They often are. And they often aren't. <laughs> Has no place on a watch. Maybe like a Sunto. Oh, come on. Come on. It is. Yeah, come on. It is a rainbow Daytona complication. It <laughs> is. Because I can complication. And this is They're not, all because I can it, complications. And all of the complications are because I can. It's including not, your three fucking hands. It's not it, no, I agree. We only need one. <clears throat> we it's need not none. to shit on people people. How we, long is it gonna tell time? <laughs> it's not to shit on you if you like movies. You faces, ever know what time it is. But I I, I think it's a weird, kind of silly, but also like a little bit whimsical and fun. Yeah, like I feel like Timex should re- or should really be capitalizing on moon phases in their automatic line. Mm. 
because it's kind of fun. It's kind of throwback. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's weird. They're not for me. I don't understand them. And I get, I functionally understand how they work. I don't get the appeal though. You know what I want? Hmm. I want to watch kind of big. I want a moon phase that shows a butt. <laughs> just a fairly big, a fairly big moon phase with a sub dial that has an hour hand. Ooh, uh, I, could, I a, could get with that. A single handed sub dial with a big sort of centrally located moon phase because it's the most ridiculous watch on the face like of the earth. Like a top half moon phase and like a snap hour. <laughs> yeah. Digital, but not LCD, like a a numeral snap hour. Like a beaver skin top hat. Just yeah, silly. Now I'm down with that. Okay. I'm that's a dress watch right there. Okay, so moon phases. Check. Yeah. Check. What about a power reserve, Andrew? Ooh. Power reserve, I think, is a silly subdial for an automatic watch or a mechanical watch. Even you're you're a little critical today. I think it is. If it's in, on an automatic watch, you're wearing it. You're continually. You are the power source. You're powering it. I'm the power. Maybe a mechanical. I can see like, oh, I should wind my watch, or I'm gonna, you know be done at noon today here's where it's cool there are some quartz watches with power reserve indicators that is cool i really really like that because the last thing you want to do is go grab your grab and go put it on three hours later nothing has changed is it a real time like milliamp hour measurement or is it i I don't know the accuracy and i think it probably really varies by company mm-hmm. but if it can even get me like 75 50 25 at 25 you can just do a battery replacement yeah 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 now sometimes they're really well executed i think grand seiko does a really good job mm-hmm. with their execution uh because they're really really subtle but when you look for it it's there there's some other executions of it that it, it looks like a three o'clock sub dial no, I guess I think I hear what you were saying. You're saying in a in a in a hand wind, that's practical. But in, yeah, yeah, no, and and in an automatic less so. I I I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a running seconds hand. I fucking know it's running. Sure, I'm wearing it. Yeah, I think also on maybe a kinetic, it could be valuable, right? Yeah, a kinetic could be really valuable, and and because you know, a kinetic will take a dump on you yes. if you let it wind down. Yes, and and an eco drive at the the power reserve indicator is built in to your secondhand movement. Sure. So for those of you with an eco drive and you're like, why is it only ticking every five seconds? Yeah. Put it in your window instead of a watch box or wear it. Um, there's some value to power reserve indicators when you get into electronic movements. Yeah. Cause you know, especially we said with kinetic watches that you let it power down. It's, you're probably going to end up replacing it. Well, we got to get moving because we we're, we're at jeez, man. How does this happen? 43 minutes. We've got a bunch of stuff on our list. To us. Okay, real quick. Go back to, we're going to go back to compacts for a second. Compacts. Uh, and this this is not actually a compacts, uh, although I've heard it referred to as the Valjoux compacts. Uh, I don't think anyone really says those, but the Valjoux layout, unlike the 369. 1236. Uh, Valjoux is 
a 1296 or a 6912. Anyway, where you're, where you're, the, the here it is. Yeah. Here it is. I'm so sure. 7750 is well known for having all of the oh, subdials yeah. on the left. Right so if there. you hear Valjoux Compacts or Valjoux Layout, that is a three sub register chronograph, everything lined up to the left. So this is interesting because I've heard some arguments. People, you know, people have opinions like buttholes. People got them opinions, and people feel strongly about subdial. Some people, uh, I don't. Uh, some people feel strongly. So I've heard the argument that the three six nine or the tri compacts layout is better because it's symmetrical. But then I heard another argument that I kind of liked: that the Valjoux layout is actually more symmetrical because your subdial layout balances your pushers ooh, and your crown and date window yeah super interesting also it allows the date window to appear and not be squashed in at four or whatever i've seen subdials that cut out the number six numeral and also have a six o'clock date window mm-hmm. i hate that <laughs> <laughs> so those are all of our those i mean that is not every possible iteration uh, but those are the big ones also you know because there's also the 30s right there's the there's a the symmetrical triangle at what like you know 10 2 and 6 yeah that's right and that's like a quartz a, a common quartz layout yeah. the 10 2 and 6 um and, and also you've got watches like the citizen 8110 um or 8100 well the 8110 in particular appears to be a three register chronograph but it's actually a two register chronograph typically that the six o'clock sub dial is for day date yep okay we've also got day and date sub dials yeah so let's move right along because calendar functions mm -hmm. date day date calendar functions are just as various as sub dial complications you think you know my watch Turns out you don't at all. Yeah. Can I make an argument that a, Please. a date window is a subdial? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, typically it's an aperture. Um, not always. But typically when we talk about a digital date, it's either one or two apertures yeah. that track wheels that show you a portion of a turning wheel to indicate the date. So some of those are two two wheels as we talked about in our digital watch episode mm -hmm. the first digital watches were actually not electronic but rather apertures which showed you portions of wheels to yep. line up with tiny dials tiny dials tiny dials yep in my beer so to start date complications mm. date complications the they most ubiquitous complication the most common perhaps the date complication. Well, I think a second hand is the most common complication, but you know, continue. The first sort of automatic date complication introduced by Rolex, Hans Wildorf, famously, uh, was a digital date, and it was a wheel that turned underneath the dial, and just as we're describing, showed a digital date uh, sometimes in there, sometime in the early 20th century, yeah. uh, in the third thirty. Doesn't matter. Um, but also. We've got another style of date complication that even goes back further, which is the pointer date. Yep. I'm glad we talking about this. 
You're glad we're talking about it? Yep. All right. Be happy. Let's talk about it. Pointer date. Very much like a 24-hour subdial. Oftentimes even confused for that. Yeah. At first glance. Cycles with each day. Could and, and reasonably could be confused because it runs with the time of your watch from day to day around your 31-day wheel. You have to adjust it every month. At the end of February, at the end of April. Every month. <laughs> okay. All right. Every I mean, month. Not, not every month. No, because some months you go from 31 to 1. But every other month you don't. So December, January, your favorite two months to wear that watch. Do you do the thing where you line your knuckles up? January, February, March, All the time. April, May. I just June, use one hand, though. July, August. I just use one hand. I line them up because then I can remember where the July, August is. You don't is. have 12, 12 knuckles. Yeah, but you just keep going. You just go down the line. I just, long month, short month, long month, short month, long month, short month, long month, <gasps> long month, short month, long month. It hap- it's this... <sighs> Uh, if you're a two-hand month counter, <laughs> how do you count? Did you just like use your eye? Yeah. Wow. Just, yeah, look. January, February. You got to switch hands in the middle. January, February. So we've got dates. Wow. wow. We've got both digital <coughs> and pointers. We've also got the day-date complication. Woo! You're going to be amazed. There are watches that will tell you both the date and the day of the week. And in different variations. There's a very famous watch referred to as the President, a.k.a. the Day Date, that famously does this, as well as watches like the Hamilton Khaki King. Yep. Every single Seiko 5 that has ever been created. Yep. These are simply a second aperture, sometimes the same aperture, which will, in addition to showing you the date, show you the day of the week. Yeah. Sometimes in a language you can read, and other times in a language you can read less well. I want to get a couple of Arabic Seiko 5s. Yeah. 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 And a Kanji Seiko 5 too. But we don't stop here. No. We have more to cover. Because there's also what I like to call the triple calendar. And the reason I like to call that is because it's what it's called. <laughs> We don't usually like proper terminology here, but with a triple calendar, there is no choice. You can't fuck that up. In this instance, in addition to showing you the date and the day, it will show you the month. That seems excessive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I mean, it is. I'd like, I think I would like a day date with the month at the 12 o'clock banner. And then my day month at the at the three o'clock. I can dig that. I think I would like that. Excessive as it be, maybe. So so you you start to get into sort of aesthetically uh, enigmatic, esoteric, uh, perhaps, or perhaps just a month watch instead of like a, a single hand twenty four hour, just a one revolution per year watch. Now a triple calendar. A triple calendar is going to tie the month. To those 31 days so it will change over automatically but in a triple calendar it is not going to account for 30 day months much like a pointer date or mm-hmm. a standard date function you are going to have to manually advance that um, but some 
smart people have figured out that if you just change it up, probably a simple screw here and gear there, you can make what we know as an annual calendar. Which gets it right every day. An annual calendar will... For four years. For, <laughs> for almost, almost, but not quite four years, nail your calendar. Because what it does is it factors in your February 28 days, your April 30 days, your June 30 days, etc. And will change your month over at the appropriate interval. It gets hung up every four years, though. Weird. What about a perpetual calendar? In comes the perpetual calendar. Sorcery. Which not only accounts for all these other things, and 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 it will not surprise you. You may already be suspecting, but as we introduce these additional levels of ability to count odd numbers, we go up in terms of complexity of movement, repair costs, and just cost. Cost. Yeah. Perpetual calendars are damn near unobtainium. They are. They are. But pretty useful if you want to have a watch and never change the date and you're only going to wear that watch. Yeah. Kind of a useful function. Yeah. Because it only works if it stays wound. That right. power reserve indicator goes to zero. You've lost your perpetual calendar. That's right. Well, it, more than that, though, I mean, it can still die and you advance the date and yeah. it'll still be on. It'll still be tracking your four year interval. So. Yeah, but you none still have of, to advance it. You lose the convenience. None of these. None right. of these require the Bach talk dance. That's right. None of them are. Well, I don't believe so. But none of them will track leap seconds. Yeah. Unless you're digital, satellite connected, yeah, radio connected. None of these are going to, because leap seconds aren't fixed. Or daylight saving time for those but, of us still observing that. That's nonsense. right. They're not going to track that. They're not going to track that. I, I do understand that all three, Washington, Oregon, and California, have independently voted to get rid of daylight savings time. Yeah, and it has to go before the U.S. Senate to be mm -hmm. approved. Mm -hmm. And they're busy. <laughs> it does seem that way. Not doing things, but they're busy. So we're close, Andrew. We're so we're close. close. Can, can we talk about just a couple more? Please. I'd love it if we did. What I want to talk about is my favorite subdial. Of all time. And it rides, that was loud, rides on the Casio World Timer. Oh. It's the time zone subdial. It is a world map with a darkened area that indicates which time zone you are viewing Amazing. on said world map. Amazing. That's the best subdial there is because I take the position. That segmentation of a digital watch dial are subdials. I also take the position that an open heart is a subdial, though it displays nothing. Yeah, fucking open heart. Which would make a tourbillon also a subdial, displaying nothing but coolness. Tourbillons are cool. They are cool. So yeah, we didn't talk about tourbillons. We didn't talk about minute repeaters because I'm realistically never going to have one. But maybe we can talk about... A jump power. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about a jump power. 
We talk about a jump hour. So a jump hour, most commonly found in a, a single-handed, sometimes a two-handed, mm. most commonly found in a single-handed watch. Digital analogs also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not anadigi, to be really clear. When I'm talking about digital analogs, right. I'm talking about like 19 or 1700s watches that display two digital numbers, mm-hmm. not on a screen, mm-hmm. flaps, flaps of the number that on the change of the hour, like a like an old style railway sign mm-hmm. so you, through their numbers. You get a centrally located, you get a centrally located minutes hand. Yep. Always. In Some, sometimes display. A hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you also get a digital register, sometimes yep. at 12, sometimes at three, uh, often at 12, that will, at the end of the hour, jump. Hence the name jump hour. It's a clicking, yep. it is not a slow rotation. But it's rather, a yep, a jump. Doctor Jones. The next hour. Doctor Jones. So at one fifty nine fifty nine, click. Watch your watch. Hour changes. It is now two zero zero. I think it's Doctor Jones. He does all the kind of novel. Doctor Jones. It can't be. I have Indiana Jones on the mind. Somebody <laughs> made the argument on BuzzFeed that Indiana Jones played no role in uh, Last Crusade. Because the Nazis would have eventually gotten to the Ark anyway. And killed themselves. But they wouldn't have because they only had one half of the of the uh, idol thing. Two questions. Continue. One, why are you reading BuzzFeed? And two, why the fuck are you reading BuzzFeed? Well, every once in a while I see interesting articles on like something. I'm like, oh, that's intriguing. Uh, like today I saw an article that was like these celebrities who went to Good colleges. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm interested. I will say the BuzzFeed News has some fantastic writers. And some of their long-form stuff terrible is content. really good. But their day-to-day content is... It's worse than ours. Straight idiocracy. Yeah. Contributing to the downfall of American society. Yeah, but then I look... I, I scroll through the articles and I was. it was an article of 16 plot holes that once you're aware of, you'll never enjoy the movie again. Basically saying we're just <clears throat> along for the ride with Indy as the Nazis inevitably discover the Ark, open it up and die a terrible, grisly, ghoul-filled well, it's, it's not Last Crusade. It was Raiders. Or no. Raiders, yes. I'm sorry. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And that's just incorrect. They didn't have the other side. Like, yeah, he burned his hand, but they didn't know that on the other side it said you had to reduce the height. Doesn't it? I was deeply offended by it. <laughs> I'm an Indiana Jones guy, for those of you unaware. Uh, so if, if you try to point out plot holes to me, I've considered them and will defeat you. Yeah. Andrew is a modern day Indiana Jones, minus all the cool things about Indiana Jones, the archaeology. The the sheepishly handsome smile, that that sexy chin scar, the hair, the intelligence, yeah, uh, the irresistibility to women. But other than that, I'm just I'm right there. That's right. Everyone knows that about me. I climb out windows all the time. <laughs> I have a whip. <laughs> you also don't have a whip. You fucking liar, Andrew. You've put running seconds on the list here, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to justify your your inclusion of that. By way of your description of running seconds. Running seconds. In a chronograph, say a racing chronograph, for your 
in, in, in the example of an SSB031, and you already put the Speedy back on, but I think the Speedy has... Ooh, strawberry guava. Yeah, those are all so good. Um, you'll notice when you look at a SSB031 at a Hoyer The 40 and, 40 and 20 chrono. Yeah. Your second hand doesn't move. It just stays there, stuck at 12, mm-hmm. doing nothing. Purgatory. Yeah. That's because that's your timing second hand. Mm. Your running seconds exist elsewhere on the watch. If if the maker of the watch and or movement is, is practically minded, that is the case. Although it is not always the case. Not always the case. So in the 40 and 20 chronograph example, the six o'clock subdial is your live seconds. Running seconds. You're running seconds. And that's tracking the seconds as they pass independent of your chronograph. Because some people just need to look down and do a five second time without, mm-hmm. or some people just like to see running seconds. Mm-hmm. But that's where your second hand lives on this particular tricompacts chronograph. In the Speedy Pro, it's at nine. Yeah. Speedy Reduced, it's at three. Yep. Yours is at six. Six. Interesting. It lives everywhere. It lives. <laughs> Running seconds live wherever you may be. Yeah. So that your timing function is the most legible runnings, the most legible seconds hand on your watch. Because it'd be kind of hard to read that small second uh, subdial. I think you have adequately justified uh, running seconds inclusion on the list. Well yeah. done. Well done. So when you see a chronograph, right. That indicates it has running seconds. Nope. That's not what Fuck I was looking off. for. No, That's the one. Not, not you, the listener, but you, Everett. Fuck right off and return to your house. Um, I think that's what running it. seconds is. I think we've done it. I think this is all the things about watches that anybody might ever need to know. Yeah. You can tell us what, what watch terms, what things on your dial we have forgotten. You can do so by way of email. To two broke watch tops dot info dot what is it what is there I always forget gov yeah <laughs> uh, no send us a DM if we forgot your if we got your if we forgot your favorite thing that shows up uh, on a watch dial let us know and we'll talk about it can I tell you my favorite chronograph uh, sure it's the Monaco oh yeah yeah it's a good one I want one <laughs> Andrew 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 other things. What do you got? You know why I want one? Crown left, pushers right. Nobody cares. Mm. I love them. Are you going to make me say it again? Yeah. Other things. What do you got? I have another thing. I have been familiar with this company for some time. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm parched. (laughs) I've been familiar with this company for some time and I've had their products in my cart a bunch and just have never pulled the trigger. Sure. It's a company called Giga Golf. Giga Golf. G-I-G-A golf.com. That's that's like a lot of golfs. Yeah, it's a gig of golf. Gig of golfs. Gig isn't very much though. I don't know. It's more than a... 
Mega. Yeah, but less than a Terra. Okay. So Giga Golf is a golf club and accessory manufacturer focusing on golf club manufacturer. They use... Fuck. They do other shit. They do hats and bags and all other manner of other shit. Their bread and butter is golf clubs. They use other people's no longer patented year-old, two-year-old research and are basically producing one- to two-year-old technology golf clubs. Oftentimes in designs that are going to look like your name Just like what you think... They ought to look like. That's right. Giga Golf is the watch equivalent of perhaps Steinhardt or Alpha or even perhaps Heimdaller. Yeah. They're making a... Sharky. They're making it closer to the original product. They're an homage golf brand. They're an homage golf brand. (laughs) But you're not getting... You're still getting 316L steel. Yes. And... In golf club world, that's sort of the the difference, right? Like the the movement, the Swiss movement, and the I mean, these are assembled in the United States. So, yeah, I, I think they say that, right? That yeah, they're, they're built in the U.S. They're yeah. built in the U.S. So, manufactured in China, obviously, obviously. Or, or or overseas Every, in any event. Probably in the same factory that those golf clubs were originally manufactured for TaylorMade, and perhaps in the same factory that Sharky manufactures its cases you know i don't know (laughs) i'll ask to do a tour of the factory (laughs) i'll stay i'll I'll pose as osha yeah so so idea being you've you've uh you've maybe procured a a set of of homage golf clubs i've i've procured a set of homage golf clubs and here's the will here's the reason i'm ready to recommend to you this company without even having yet received my clubs. I made an error when I was placing my order. Oh. I ordered from my phone, and when I put my shipping and billing information in, it auto-populated. And you know when you order something and it gives you two lines for a street address? Yeah, 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 yeah. It filled my current address in line one, and my old address in line two. Oh man, fucking technology. And I hit submit because I'm real confident in my phone's autofill capabilities. And I'm in my order confirmation. Here's your code. You've ordered it and we've taken your money. And I'm like, oh, I wonder where they're going to send my golf clubs. <laughs> <laughs> They've got two choices. Yeah. Flip a coin. I call them. Last night. 1-800-GIGGOOLF.COM. Yep. An outgoing voicemail message. We're open from these hours. It's not a robot either. It's a dude. You can hear him sigh. <sighs> you, we're uh, we're open from these hours. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can. I was like, I'm not going to leave a message. I want to talk to a dude hmm. or a, a people. I want to talk to a people. Yeah, yeah. I call back this morning. I call and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I got you. No hold time answered like ring 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 answer and i was like oh that's crazy. it's like just a dude at a desk in a warehouse yeah i'm like oh wow and i explained the issue he's like oh what's your order number i gave it to him he's like oh that's weird you got two addresses i was like <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> as I stated, that's a problem. I just want to tell you where to send my shit. And I fix it, and he's like, oh, okay, let me go. I'll just email the shipping guy real quick. Cool. Okay, cool. It's fixed. Do you anything else? I was like, what else could I need? <laughs> no, the problem's solved. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. An hour later, I get an email from this guy. He's like, hey, dude, they just finished building your clubs. Because I, I, So I bought, they have certified pre-owned clubs. They have a 30-day guarantee. You get to use these clubs for a month. If you don't like them, you send them back and they send you your money back. If you don't like them, they factory refinish those clubs and they list them in their certified pre-owned sales. So I actually went a tier up from the clubs I intended to buy. Got two more clubs than I intended to buy and spent 10 less dollars. Killer deal. Here's the other thing about Giga Golf. They have an e-fitting measurement thing, right? Because one of the issues that a lot of people have, which is standardized clubs, is they don't actually fit you. Yeah. Because it's just, right? Like, it's small, medium, large for golf clubs. There's no 3130s. Even with a company like Ping that has Mm -hmm. different lofts, right? Or different lie angle, lie angles. Yeah. you, you, You still have to know... Yeah, you have to know. You have to know if I'm an orange or I'm a green or I'm a black. Exactly. So they give you their measurement guide and they say, take these measurements. If you measure this, this is what you need. I found certified pre-owns for the exact measurements that I needed. That's great. Which was awesome. So I got a tear up and spent less money for more clubs. I got to imagine you're a standard lie. Uh, I'm a minus one. You're a minus one. I'm a minus 0.25 height and a minus one lie. I guess I have weird shaped arms. Which isn't shocking, a weird shape. Yeah, maybe a little bit long. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a minus 0.25 and a minus one, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's... I'm a little short. I got little arms and a little guy. You're Tyrannosaurus. I'm not tall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We saw a picture of Mike and Will today, and they are huge. Yeah, both of those guys are big. They're so tall. Yeah. Yeah, I I have a feeling when we meet them, we're just going to feel like shrimpy little guys. And you shouldn't, because you're like 5'11". Yeah, 5'11 and a half. I'm five foot nine. I'm dead nuts, 69 inches tall. That's a point of pride for me because only a degenerate like me would be 69 inches tall. So (laughs) that all being said, if you're in the market for new... and So, okay, I got nine golf clubs. Let's talk about what you got because it's really incredible. I got nine golf clubs. I got four to nine, pitching wedge, A wedge, sand wedge. No lob wedge. No, because I already have a lob. Okay, I, I have a call, I have a Callaway lob that I bought independently. I have a driver I bought independently. So you got the fifty two, fifty six, <clears throat> and a yeah. and probably a forty eight for your pitching wedges. My guess. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's what like three degrees of difference in your pitching wedge options. Yeah, yeah. Nine irons, two fairway, a three and a five. Three hundred bucks. It's fantastic. They're building two of my clubs. Wait, two hybrids. What what what's the hybrid? Three and a five. That's great. Three hundred bucks. It's three and nineteen, including two day shipping. Because I'm going to a Buddy Games event next week, mm-hmm. and I wanted my golf clubs to arrive before Buddy Games. Mm-hmm. He emails me today. Hey, dude, we're gonna get in the mail tomorrow, so I will probably get my clubs on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I hope, or I'm gonna gonna I'm gonna leave by myself and late on Wednesday, and hopefully I'll catch the last ferry to Anderson Island. Yeah. Uh, in, by contrast, 
<coughs> by contrast, my wedges, which were used, mm-hmm. cost just a little bit more than that. So for three wedges, just yep. a little bit more than that. My three wood and five wood also used cost half again that much. Yep. My driver alone cost that much. Yep. Uh, my irons cost significantly more than that. Yep. My putter cost almost exactly the same amount as your entire set. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't get a putter. You don't get a driver. So their, but their drivers else. range between 130 and $200, all titanium, all last year's designs. Yeah. In their in their own thing, I didn't buy a driver because the driver I have I'm pleased with. Yeah, and you shouldn't buy a Giga Golf driver either. No, no, no. Maybe no. a Tour Edge, but not a Giga Golf. Yeah, no, I, I don't need to do that. And I'm also I like my putter. It's balanced well. It's the right size for me. I'm not going to fuck around with it. The yeah. putting game is the only part of my golf game that I'm comfortable with. <laughs> um, but all that being said, if you're like me and have golfed a lot with shitty stuff. And you're looking to kind of up your game a little bit and not worry about, because my clubs are old. And when they were manufactured, they were not good clubs to begin with. (laughs) So some of my play can be attributed to just shitty stuff. I don't know how they were cared for before me. And they weren't good to start with. So if you're like me, and you're looking to up your game a little bit. You're golfing. You're willing to drop a little bit of money, but you're not ready to go like Mizuno Ping. Take your pick on on name brand on the back of your irons. I think Giga Golf's a really good answer. Yeah. You can get shit that's fit fitted mostly to you, right? Because there's still some human error there. You're not gonna get, you know, laser measured precision, Tiger Woods measured to you shit. Because that's unobtainium. Mm-hmm. You're going to get way closer to your body style than off the shelf. You're going to get way cheaper than you would spend off the shelf. And you're going to get a dude who answers the phone when you fucking call. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I haven't even got these clubs, and I'm I'm sold on this company. 30-day guarantee. And you get to play with them on those 30 days. It's not like shoes where you can return them if you have the receipt and they're unworn. They want you to go play with those clubs and prove that you don't like them. Yeah. I'm I like that policy a lot. It's great. So, check out Giga Golf if you're in the market for new clubs on the cheap and they have a certified pre-owned section which are people who sent their clubs back inside that 30-day window. You're going to have to give us an update after after we go and play a few rounds. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to play a few rounds. I'll we'll circle back to this as another thing. Did, did I tell summer. you with my uh USGA membership this year I got like uh two for ones at like six different Oregon courses and they're all phenomenal and we need to go. I'll take time off for that. Yeah. I have very little time off cause I had to use a lot. Uh, I'll take time off for that. Two for ones at the OGA course up in Albany. We're go- you and I. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's uh, a nice course. I've driven by it a lot. Um, I've got another thing. Do me mayor of East town. The mayor like M A R E M A R E. Her name is mayor. Ooh. Oh, I was thinking like, <laughs> the horse you're doing a fantastic uh reverse doggy uh impersonation here i'm good at it that's my specialty <laughs> mayor of east town on hbo if you have not been under a rock uh you will have at least seen this referred to in passing on some sort of uh news or or uh entertainment website uh it's a new show as of this year on hbo it's still 
it, it's still running. I think that the finale is the, has not has yet to be released. Um, but we're almost through the season, and it is, it is absolutely phenomenal. Kate Blanchett is so good. Kate Blanchett is man. You did it. You fell for it. It's Kate Winslet. Oh Jesus, man! Kate Winslet is. Why would you do that to me? You see, you make me look like a jick. That's my thing. Is I miss I I call celebrities by the wrong name all the time. Kate Winslet is fantastic. You guys look and this Full frontal is, question. N- no, oh. this is not y- your uh, pretty uh, diva, Kate Winslet. She's playing kind of a grizzled detective in a small town in Pennsylvania. Uh, she is perfect she's perfect uh the whole cast is great the acting is phenomenal the action is really good um the the people the personalities you like them all or at least i should say i like them all guy pierce is in it evan like guy pierce evan peters of uh american horror story fame is in it and he's great gene smart's in it totally fantastic uh it's just really 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 good some of the actors are people that you'll know but you'll be like where do i know them from i love that yeah and 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 it's just it's just good the character development is good the people i mean by and large there's some characters that are a little ridiculous a little over the top by and large all of the characters are like I get this person. I get why they're doing the thing they're doing in this show right now. Um, it gets a little yucky. It gets a little yucky. Like, Describe. Uh, I'd rather not. I, I okay. recommend it. It's totally worth your time. Really, really entertaining. High, high, high entertainment value. And just in terms of production, right? We talk about, you know, the good shows. This is one of the good ones. Really good. I like it. And that's all I got, man. I would recommend at this point, if you have anything else, you say it, Andrew. I'm going to say it in the middle of the outro. (laughs) Hey, thanks, you guys, for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Hey, why don't you do me a favor and check us out at watchclicker.com. All the reviews we post, and it's regular. We post a lot of them. uh, And every single episode of this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at 40 and 20 at watchclicker. You can also support us. And if you wanted to do so, you could do so at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. It's where we got all of the money we need to keep this thing going. Because we're not sponsored by Adapt. (laughs) And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.